Hey everybody, this is Nikki Tamarino, and you're listening to the Maybe Running Will Help podcast, the show that explores the why of running for people who love to run. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at Nikki Tamarino and follow this show at Maybe Running Will Help for all the latest inspiration from our guests, information on how maybe running will help and how you can use our sport for personal development in your life. Now let's introduce our guest today. Jean Dykes is a 75-year-old runner, well-known for setting various records worldwide. Last month, he broke seven Masters records in a single 12-hour race, and this month, he has his sights on becoming the oldest finisher at the 2023 Western States 100. This ultra geezer, as he is affectionately known, is a true inspiration for any of us who have ever doubted our ability to thrive based on our age. Join us today as we talk about his running journey that began in his late 50s, why he continues to run, and what running has taught him about how we can do life better. Now, let's get started. Um, First of all, the obvious, how old are you? I am 75. (laughs) A young young 75. Uh, Uh, Birthday was in April. So your nickname, the Ultra Geezer, where did that come from? Oh, when I was starting to get a little publicity about things I was doing, my my daughter comes. She's in she's in high tech out in Silicon Valley, you know. And she says, she says to me, Dad, you got to work on your brand. <laughs> <laughs> so she made me a website, and she designed some clothes for me, and she's a real real firecracker. And she says, Okay, we need a hashtag for you. And uh, so we sat and kicked around ideas for about 10 minutes. And then I, I came up with the idea for Ultra Geezer because of the double entendre, both an old geezer and a geezer who does ultras. <laughs> so uh, you can take it whichever way you, whichever way you want. And I, uh, uh, I, I wear it. I have a, a really hot pink shirt that I run my marathons and ultras in. And it has hashtag Ultra Geezer. And maybe I should have uh, worn it for the interview. And it has my age and how many marathons and ultras I've done. So, uh, wow, that's awesome. Everybody seems to like it, you know. Yeah, it gets a few hoots out on the trail. And... <laughs> All right. So, wh- now, when did you start running? Well, it's complicated. Uh, actually, it started way back when I was about ten years old, ten or eleven or twelve or something, and I just got it into my head to go running somewhere. Well. I don't know, some girl I was interested in lived about uh, two and a half miles away. So uh, I thought I'd put on some shoes and run over to her house and impress her. And I got about one mile and <laughs> about fit to die. But that, that really annoyed me, you know? And I said, yeah. I'm never gonna walk again when I run. And and I held that promise for years and years and years until I discovered trail running. And there's lots of good reasons to walk when you're, uh, when you're trail running. Right. Uh, so, since I just enjoyed running now and then as a kid, I had to run track. So I did track in high school and college. Um, but I wasn't very good at it. Uh, the uh, I don't know, coach hated me. Oh, uh, I had to teach myself uh, triple jump and intermediate hurdles to, to make myself valuable to the team because <laughs> I really stunk at that at, uh, at the what were called distance races back then, two mile, one mile, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, but maybe that's why I wasn't any good because I'm still not any, all that good <laughs> at uh, two mile or one mile. Five k is as short as I'll do nowadays. 
Okay, but yeah. Because I knew I wasn't any good in college. That's not when I what I did as an adult. So as an adult, uh, you know, I would never say I was a runner. I was a jogger. You know, I just go out and stand fit when I felt like it. And then I was along about age fifty-six. I fell in with a bad crowd, and uh, all they talked about was racing and 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 doing stuff. So, so I trained with them for a couple of years, and then started racing and discovered it was a lot of fun. It was I was good at it. Certainly wasn't breaking any records back then. Uh, and uh, ever since then, I think subconsciously, I've just decided that. Every year I was gonna run a little faster on the roads and a little longer on the trails. And, okay. uh, and uh, for the next 12 years, uh, I did that. And believe you me, if you try and do something just a little more in no time at all, you, you're trying, you, you can't imagine how you can possibly top what you did the year before. It's uh, like I, in uh, 2019, I was faced with the prospect of, uh, 2018 of how can I beat running three 200 milers in three months? You know, I mean, there was, <laughs> it gets pretty tough to, pretty tough. Yeah, to where, where, where do you go from there? That's crazy. I definitely want to talk about that. Now, what do you think? So you started running, I guess, more seriously as an older adult, so near 60. And what do you think about that in terms of like, do you think that came with any particular challenges? that maybe younger runners don't have? Or do you feel like that kind of was an advantage for you? Oh, I, I tell people, save your legs and your money for retirement. I think uh, I think a lot of people think, oh, well, I got to run now because, you know, heck, when I'm old, it's going to be terrible. But, oh, right. I'm having a blast. You know, I'm traveling the world uh, competitively. Most of my competition is six feet under. So, you know, it's it's yeah. a lot easier. As a youngster, I'd have to compete against Olympic Olympic caliber uh, guys, and there, there's not an Olympic caliber bone in my body. So, uh, but uh, I can be successful this way. So, yeah, it's a good idea to start late. Yeah. And uh, I'd say to the people who say, "How can I run like you when I get that old?" I say, "Well, the best thing to do is, you know, give up running for a while because uh, it doesn't matter when you start." But one rule of thumb says. You've only got 12, 15 good years, no matter when you start. And mm -hmm. uh, well, I'm in year 16 or 17 now. And yeah, I'm beginning to feel it, you know. So uh, there are some people, there are exceptions. Uh, 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 but uh, still, and I'm not talk just talking absolute. A lot of people who uh, wear themselves out when they're young have trouble competing even on an age-graded basis, even their age-graded scores start going down after a certain number of years. So yeah, the harder you run when you're young, the harder it'll be to run when you're old. So oh, it's definitely an advantage to me that I didn't take running seriously until uh, my later years. To start later, because most of the people have already worn themselves out and then you started laner and now you're like kicking you know everybody's butt that's <laughs> that's around your age so now when you like after you started running and um you know in your like early or late 50s or whatever like what made you keep running i guess oh there are so many reasons to like running um uh to pick the most important ones 
uh, it started out as a social thing. You know, I ran with these guys and, uh, and I joined other groups. And well, uh, I had just uh, probably retired soon thereafter and that became my main social life. So socially running is, is, is great. Um, I've always been competitive. Uh, well, I wasn't racing competitively as an adult. I sure took golf and bowling seriously. And uh, with my golf game in serious decline, <laughs> running <laughs> provided a, a good outlet for my competitive instincts. And uh, and uh, now with a lot of time in my hands, I can combine running with travel. And, and that's just mm. a wonderful thing. One thing I would encourage all of your listeners to do is look ahead one year and say, where would I really like to go where I could do a race while I'm there and, yeah. and combine the two. I mean, you know, one, one gives you an excuse to go there. And, and uh, I remember telling my wife once, I said, let's, let's go visit Iceland. She says, Iceland, who wants to go to Iceland? And I said, well, there's a marathon there. She said, oh, <laughs> all right. You know, so, but it was wonderful. One of the best yeah. vacations we've ever had. And uh, if I hadn't wanted to run a marathon there. I probably never would have, never would have visited. Now, when you started doing these races and things, what did your wife think? Oh, well, when I started, it was, you know, it wasn't, uh, you know, all of a sudden <laughs> night and day, you know, it was gradual, you know, it everybody, everybody in my family, we just started getting used to the fact that I was running more and more and, mm -hmm. and, uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it was just one of those things that develops and yeah, you don't see any dividing line where all of a sudden, uh, they think, wow, you know, he, he really runs a lot or wow, he's pretty good at this. You know, just, but did they think it would stick? Like if you, you were a golfer and you were competitive and you did bowling was running something they did and they're like, Oh, this is just another, you know, like thing that you'll do for a while. Or did they expect it to stick like this? Do you think? <laughs> well, one thing I think more likely they were scratching their heads that they like golf. Um, and totally dumbfounded that anybody could like bowling. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, bowling's a good sport. It's a lot more skillful than people give it credit for. Um, and uh, I only quit because bowlers are bums. I mean, just runners are the world's greatest people. It's just, if you, <laughs> if you just run into a random person on the street and he's a runner, you know you're going to have a good conversation. And <laughs> uh, bowlers is sort of, well, let's just say they're the opposite end of the spectrum. So, um, oh, <laughs> so. Your first, your first race was New York, right? In 2006, is that, was that, that your was first, first race? First, first, first marathon. marathon. Okay. Uh, my first races were earlier that year. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. All right. And uh, why New York? Why'd you pick New York for your first marathon? Uh, well, that comes back to the bad crowd I was running around with. <laughs> okay. My first road race was a half marathon. And I had decided at that point that I would run a marathon and I picked Disney as my first marathon. You know, that's in January. Yeah. But at the half marathon, my time was fast enough that I didn't have to go through the lottery for the New York marathon oh. and all my buddies were doing it. So they said, you gotta do it. I said, yeah, but I'm just doing a marathon in January. And they said, nah, nah, you can do it. So, so, uh, that's how I ended up doing, uh, just sort of fell into that as my first yeah. marathon. And then in New York, I qualified for Boston. So I had to do that too. Right. So, uh, you know, within five months, I had three marathons in. And well, you know, yeah. I'm I'm at number about 180 now. Oh my gosh. What did you 160. 
That's incredible. What did you think about New York? And have you done, well, first of all, have you done both Boston and Chicago? I have done Boston, London, and uh, New York of the of the six marathon majors. Okay. Uh, I'm doing Chicago and Berlin later this year. Okay. Uh, no current plans to do Tokyo. Uh, I can understand why people like to pick off the, the six majors, but you know, I've only been only doing them for the competition. Uh, I, I really don't like the, the big city marathons. It's big, I'd rather run a little town, 300 runners. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. You go to New York, you got you know, it's expensive and you got to get down to the start line and, and cool your heels for two or three hours waiting for yeah. the race to start. Uh, nah, not my favorite marathon. So the crowds and stuff, like that's what I always love about the big marathons is like the crowd support and all that stuff, but that's not mm -hmm. what gets you like through no, a race. No, that's, really. uh, that's not what, uh, not what uh, get, get I get off on. I mean, it's nice. Yeah. I, I, I try and interact. When I do run the marathon, I try and interact with the with the crowd, and it's a lot easier if there aren't so many of them. You know, I mean, <laughs> That's when true. you got ten thousand people there, it's hard to <laughs> hard to you know have a quip or two uh, with with a random random uh, thing. So even from this aspect of crowds, I prefer smaller ones. Spectators, okay. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you started running um, like marathons or half marathons, marathons. What? Uh, when did you, uh, like, I don't know, get into the ultra side of things? How did that happen? Because it's well, very I've different. Doing, you know, about 15 or so marathons. I must have said, well, you know, I'm not not ever going to be an ultra runner, but I'll try. Uh, why don't I try a, 50, a, 50, a 50K? And it was tough. Um, I had run a real hard half marathon the weekend before. and I totally bonked with about six miles to go. It was. It was pretty terrible, and I swore, swore that was the last one ever. Um, oh, geez. And in fact, uh, for a couple of years, I never considered uh, doing another one. But it was a funny thing. Somebody said, uh, "Hey, I'm going to do comrades next year. Oh, Who wants wow. to join me?" And I, and for some reason, it brought back a memory that I hadn't had for over 50 years. Sometime when I was a kid. I saw some news story about the Comrades Marathon in South Africa. Yeah, and you know, I, I pictured you know people running through the mountains and the jungles and and this and that. And of course, it isn't that way at all. But it was just all of a sudden this memory of this race in some far off land came flooding back. I said, "Me, me, <laughs> <laughs> I want to do it." So uh, I ran three 50Ks and three weekends to train for it. And that's where I discovered that, hey, this is a lot of fun. I mean, I really did enjoy uh, those those three training runs. And mm. so having done a 50 miler, then I had to do a 100 miler, then 120 miler, oh my God. 200 miler, and, and so on. So yeah, it just kind of spiraled out of control. And a good thing too, because <laughs> the longer they get, the more amazing they are. Of all the hundreds and hundreds of races I've done, my favorite five are my five 200 milers. Um, really? Oh yeah, they just they just leave me with such awesome memories. It's when you're doing something, you know, nonstop for four days, it really really sinks into you. And and <laughs> doing it frequently when you're sleep deprived, that also maybe adds another element because uh, 
unlike a marathon where you're trying to manage the bunk, in a 200 miler, well, you bunk early on, you know, like 70 miles in, and you just have to slow down and, and adjust for it. The hard thing to adjust for, though, is sleep deprivation. It's a really terrible thing, and uh, you have to learn how to how to get through that to, to complete a 200 miler. I I get through it by running about 36 hours straight, and then I'll take a two-hour nap. Okay. And then I'll run until I have to take another two-hour nap. And uh, that'll take three or four of those to get through the race. But uh, that's that's all you need, a few hours sleep now and then. And you can even do a, a sort of like a standing, a standing eight count. You just lean your head up against the tree and <laughs> you'll wake up when you when you start falling off the tree. And, and then uh, uh, just that 10 seconds, that's good enough to keep you going for another half hour. Wow. So what's that like when you get to the point where you just need to sleep? Like, so you're running, like I've never run that far to get sleep deprived. So what is that like? Like, what does that feel like when you get to the point where oh, you're just like, I've got to sleep? Well, the first thing I notice is that my vision starts contracting. Pretty soon you have this tunnel vision where the only thing you can see is straight ahead of you. And <laughs> I know I've kind of Googled for scientific things, but I think it's so rare that people don't know anything about it. But my theory is that your brain is so tired that it can't process all this stuff on the peripheral. Okay. I mean, like I can see out the sides of my, I mean, you know, that I can't focus on them, but I can see things and they're all recognizable objects. But when you get sleep deprived, you, your brain says, I can't do that. And so it fills it in with with stuff i see buildings and fences and, no way. and roads and all kinds of things and you know sometimes i'll, I'll look and nope nothing but bushes you know it's just your, wow. your brain cannot process that much when it's when it gets really really tired and of course some people hallucinate like crazy mm -hmm. um uh, they'll see all kinds of strange things um i, I was just talking talking to somebody who was who saw somebody vomiting by the trail and he says are you all right are you all right until he realized he was talking to a tree stump oh my goodness <laughs> yeah. wow at the end of a four um the longest i ran without sleep was 48 hours at the fat dog 120 in british columbia okay and i was coming down the final mile and i looked ahead and i saw a course marshal there and he had out a, a pad and pencil and I knew what he was up to. He was taking down the names of anybody he caught walking. You know, what? so so I immediately picked up the pace. <laughs> it was just a tree. <laughs> <laughs> so so I kept going another hundred yards, and there was another one. This one, oh, I said, this one's real. This no one way. is real. Yeah, you know. <laughs> wow, <laughs> a crazy thing. That so is I so got funny. The end, I, you know, I was so tired. I left my suitcase there and. Uh, didn't discover it until hours later and had they had to have them beg somebody to mail it to me. You know, yeah, when you're so, really that tired, it's it's tough. So what's it like after a race like that? Like what do you the next few days after that, what is what does it feel like? Oh no, you sleep about 18 hours the next night and you're good to go. And that's it. You're good to go. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's crazy. Do you, is your normal, what's your normal sleep? I usually uh, stay up late and then sleep until I, well, uh, until I have to go running or something. And you know, lately I find myself sleeping six hours and then taking a nap later in the day. Naps are wonderful. So, you know. Yeah. Anyway, I um, so that's generally I do. I'll sleep six and nap two. 
what have you found has changed about you since you started running and doing these things like these crazy, like 200 miles? Like, do you feel like the sleep deprivation and all that stuff has changed you outside of running at all? I don't know. I don't think so. Well, certainly, certainly my, my life has changed. I don't think I have. Just gives me another story to bore people with at cocktail parties. <laughs> I don't think you're boring at all. Um, so, and speaking of that not being boring you have so many accomplishments and like i had to write them all down i literally have a page of your accomplishments and it's like oh, so many and just to start with most recently because uh it wasn't what two weeks ago that you about ran two about mm -hmm. two weeks ago that you broke like seven records at the dawn to dusk dawn track ultras right yeah. so can you tell us a little bit about, first of all, what that race is? Like, what is what is that? Well, most of you who run races probably have only run distance races where you try and run a certain distance in the least amount of time. Right. But there are also a lot of races out there that are races against time. You have a set time and you run as far as you can within that time. And it's kind of a nice format. I mean, it's impossible to not finish because, you know, the gun goes off and Whatever. However much you've done, even if it's zero, counts as finishing. You know, you can uh -huh. you can stop anytime you want, and you come back to your supplies. Uh, I've done uh, I've done these kinds of things on a track, four hundred meters. I've oh. done them on a one mile loop, and I've done them on an eight mile loop. Okay. And uh, you know, you might think I know one friend of mine disparagingly called them uh, gerbil gerbil races. <laughs> <laughs> I said, yeah, but, you know, it's in a race like that, you get to know your fellow competitors. They're either oh, constantly right. passing you or you're passing them and you get to know everybody. That's, you know, and you pass the aid station once every lap. You pass your own supplies once every lap. If you've got a crew, you see them every two or three minutes. It's a, it's a fun format. Yeah, It's not easy, you know, to keep running kind of hard for yeah. nonstop. And the race two weeks ago was especially hard because I was trying to uh, beat a whole bunch of records and over a variety of distances, which means I had to keep my pace up at the beginning. Oof. Then usually you can allow a fade for the longer, but this wasn't the case because I had to run the same pace for the 12 hour and the 100K records as I did for the 50K record. You know, oh, was, wow. And so I got to the 50K and I said, well, how fast do I have to go to, you know, get the record? And they said, oh, you got to do 309 per lap. <laughs> I said, I'm already only doing 309s. Oh. I had seven hours to go. So, wow. uh, but I, I don't know. I don't know what possessed me if I said, okay, well, I'm just going to keep doing laps at the necessary pace until I can't. Right. And because uh, I'm not going to give up now. And well, I had to pick up the pace a little bit to get a little buffer because you know you got to take bathroom breaks and, and stuff. And uh, right. And so, uh, and somehow, all the things that could go wrong didn't. I mean, what, what can go wrong? You can uh, get totally bonked. I mean, you know, if, if your legs run out of glycogen, you're going to slow down. Mm -hmm. uh, that didn't happen. Uh, you can get nauseated. You know, that's your body's way of saying, look. If you won't stop voluntarily, I'm going to stop you. And because nobody can run through nausea with any any kind of uh, pace at all, uh, or you can, you know, some kind of injury can crop up. Something can start hurting. You know, 
had to worry about all these things, but yeah. uh, no, you know, it didn't happen. So uh, I was really, some of those other records earlier on, they were, I mean, just, they were kind of a joke. I mean, I, I mean, 25K and 30K, ask, ask your readers, okay, put up your hand if you've run a 25K or a 30K race, you know, I bet nobody ever has, you know, it's rarely contested. Yeah. So yeah. the good runners of the past, both didn't run those distances and they didn't run these races on the track. These were track records. Yeah. Uh, road records you would think would be slower, but no, they're way faster than track records. I don't know. Oh. Just because most of the good runners in the past didn't run them. Didn't, okay, so gotcha. Some of those yeah. were kind of soft, but no, I was really pleased with my getting the hundred K in under 12 hours. Uh, uh, it was, it was tight. There, no 75 year old had ever run hundred K on a track until that morning when a guy doing the 24 hour version of the race did it. Oh, wow. So, he was the first so I, to break record. And then you, yeah. So he, he broke the record in the morning. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, set it because there was no record. Nobody had ever done it. Right, right, right. Wow. But he had 24 hours to do that. So he could do anything, but I had signed up for the 12 hours. So, uh if i came in one minute late it yeah. wouldn't have counted you know? yeah yeah uh, so so i wow. had to bear down and get that 100k in before the, the 12 hours was up it was hard and how like each time that you hit one of the records or whatever was there a little bit of a like uh i like i did it and did you feel like you could just stop then and be like well at least i did one <laughs> or were you really going for like all of them <laughs> oh well i always yeah I'm not much of a quitter. Um, yeah. I did kind of let myself celebrate after the 50K because the next record wasn't until 50 miles. That's yeah. know, hours and hours and hours later. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, but I wish I hadn't because that cost me two or probably a couple <laughs> laps of time. Uh, <laughs> I should have just kept going. Have you ever done any of the backyard races? Uh, I did one, you know, about two months after the pandemic started uh they had a uh an international virtual backyard race where you had to uh, you know, send your time up to strava every hour so it was very tightly controlled and you know, i i kind of thought it would be kind of easy i was hoping i'd do maybe like 120 miles or something and boy i came in i did 24 uh laps which is exactly 100 miles okay that's yeah. why it's the strange distance 4.1677 7 yeah. miles per lap yeah. yeah so it comes out to 100 after 24 hours and i came in with five seconds to spare and i couldn't i couldn't go another step oh my god so, uh, i don't know why i mean i've run 100 miles on trails you know in in less time than that but this was hard yeah it's uh it's it's different. I, I encourage all runners to try all kinds of different races because yeah. they all have their their appeal. And seeing how many of these laps you can do, you know, it's it's something uh, a good way to learn something about yourself and uh, and and how you can how you can do. It's a uh, it's a good format. Yeah, and you, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, what's really incredible about this last race is that you actually had some challenges coming up to the race because you had. Um, you weren't feeling that good starting, right? You didn't start the cross. Yeah, didn't cross I, uh, I and I good. never did feel good the whole race. You know, usually I'll go an hour or two and then I can start getting hungry. I just kind of felt, you know. Yeah. I never got nauseated, but 
I never got hungry either. And oh. you know, that means your stomach's not quite, quite happy. And, you know, I had cold symptoms, which I'd had for a couple of weeks because I had COVID two weeks before. You know, I thought I was immune to COVID. I, I finally yeah. got it you know, three weeks ago and, uh, or four, whatever. And then, you know, I, I don't know what symptoms I had because I think I had a cold at the same time, unless mm. the cold symptoms were the COVID symptoms and mm -hmm. they just lingered on. Um, and then uh, uh, four months earlier, I had been diagnosed with a, a form of blood cancer. I should mm. hasten to say that this is not the kind of cancer that kills you. It's, uh, you know, I'm going to live just as long as, uh, uh, as everybody else, but it, it's really hurting my uh, ability to, to run at a, at a high level for speed. Uh, you know, and so the faster the race, the worse it is. I mean, five Ks, I'm just gasping for breath the whole way and marathons. I'll be okay at the start, but halfway through, you know, just not getting enough oxygen to my, to my muscles yeah. but ultras doesn't seem to bother me at all because you, know? <laughs> I mean, yeah. uh, you know the aerobic capacity i do have is plenty for the the low lower uh, usage that uh, you you need when you're running slow the whole the whole race and so i'm good with that i mean if i just do ultras for the rest of my life heck you know <laughs> i've always said i would choose ultras over marathons push came to shove all right. And then, so a couple of the other things that, that you did is, I mean, the two hundreds, right? This was three races. Uh, is it actually called the triple crown or is that just like a name? Yeah, gave that's it? what is, she is calls it. it. Um, okay. The race director is Candace Burt. You may have just seen her on the news just two or three days ago. They had an article on her for running uh, an ultra every day for 200 straight days. Oh my gosh. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She's the race director for that. And, wow. uh, you know, she just barely beat the old record of 23 days. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> and 10 times as long as the previous record. Uh, if you're going to you know, set a record, you might as well, uh, right. you might as well do it strong. So, right. um, yeah, when I decided I wanted to do 200, I decided I would do one of hers. I signed up for the Tahoe 200. Mm -hmm. And then that turned out to be the same weekend as my class, 50th class reunion. Well, I, could, I couldn't miss that. So I deferred to the next year. And in okay. the next year, they had a new 200 called the Moab 240. That was 238 miles. That one I really wanted to do. I really wanted to do Moab because that's just, Utah just keeps bringing me back. It's just amazing country. And then I said, well, as long as I'm going to do both Tahoe and Moab, I might as well do Bigfoot too, which was a, their other, other race. So uh, Bigfoot is in August. Tahoe is in or used to be in September and <laughs> as luck would have it they moved it from September to June so to avoid the forest fires that kept oh, yeah. popping up every fall and so of course they got hit by the you know the the snowpack they had to cancel it because of snow uh. well they, didn't, they postponed it a month but you know that's like canceling for a lot of people you know they yeah. and then Moab's in October and you never know what you're going to get in Moab in October. It could be really hot or it could be really snowy. It's uh, uh, that's the really the big yeah. unknown. Right. That's how, how do you prepare for that? Because like with these autos, layers, really layers, layers. <laughs> yeah. What was yeah, it like you, for I you? Really, you have to carry a, a pack with everything you might need for cold or heat and, and so on. It's yeah. about 12 miles between aid stations. So, you know, you're going three or four hours 
uh, self-supported for those that time yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Wow. you don't want to get caught in the mountains but mountains make their own weather and it doesn't matter what the weather forecast says you don't go up in the mountains without down and uh, and rain gear and all that stuff just ask yeah. all those uh, people who died in china last year you know like 20 or 30 of them doing yeah. things like that yeah what's the um what's the most dangerous or uh scary experience that you've had during one of these races oh let's see <laughs> only in hindsight you know i might look back on bigfoot uh it was one of those you know pretty much sleep deprived i was running with a buddy and we came out of the trail onto this wide road you know gravel you know some of these wilderness roads it was really wide and uh so we're, we're running down the middle of it and every once in a while we'd be <laughs> running into the into the woods we were so blitzed you know we couldn't oh. run, a, run a straight line but oh, that wow. wasn't the dangerous part dangerous okay. part we got back on the trail and we're running along it now instead of having a whole road to run on i've got a trail about this wide oh. and there's bushes on this side and i look over to the left side and there's nothing but black i mean just absolute blackness down there and oh my you know, god i'm having trouble you know staying on a road now yeah. i've got to stay you know on this one or two foot wide trail wow with, who knows what's down there yeah and uh, but uh, that doesn't come close to being the most dangerous things i've done maybe we had more time i'd tell you about the first time i climbed mount fuji and almost died or the oh my time goodness i went to the rim to river to rim and grand canyon and and could have died you know when you're young that was when i was young and invincible you know so so how long ago were, were those things oh that would have been when i was 21 or 24. wow so you've okay. always kind of been outdoor adventurous type person yeah I, I think so it was yeah it was at some point in, when i was in college where i really discovered the joy of traveling or something uh uh, uh they had sent I went to Lehigh University as an engineer, and these engineers don't get enough culture, you know. So we're going to send thirty of them to France to learn French for for a summer. Okay. And uh, when we were there, we bought these little sort of electric, you know, assisted, you know, had a little tiny engine that assists called Velo Solex. And we went to uh, Monaco on these just incredibly scenic roads, looking down on the Mediterranean, and, and I was just totally blown away and i think it's ever since then i've decided you know i've got to do this this more often i feel like engineers like if we did a poll i think that a lot of ultra runners have a background in like engineering <laughs> like yeah, yeah, i mean it makes computer, sense yeah well i end up being a computer programmer and there's a lot of those running too yeah i mean i think it's the logistical side of it right because you have to mm -hmm. be you have to have that like brain that can or wants to even like I don't know, figure out logistics and plan and calculate type things. Well, we, we know how to put their computer to sleep. I think maybe during an ultra run, you can put your brain to sleep too. <laughs> I mean, really, that's how I deal with the, the some of the mind numbing aspects. They just kind of zone out and uh, kind of hide my brain away in, in some deep corner. I've only had to do that once during a marathon. That was Boston 2018, where they had drenching rains 30 oh, mile yeah. headwinds 37 oh, right. degrees absolutely yes. the most horrific 
running experience you'd ever want. I just, I just totally, you know, hid, you know, in my mind. Is that every once in a while I would, I would look up, and if the finish line was there, I'd say, oh, oh, down it. again. <laughs> Wait, is that when you um, ran sub three in Boston that year? Uh, no, I had run my first sub three uh, uh, the weekend before at Rotterdam. It was 2019, the following year that uh, uh, that I ran sub three in Boston. In Boston, yeah. Two, wow. Two fifty-eight fifty. That's incredible. And so that would have, I I can't do math. How old would, were you? Were you seventy? I would have been seventy-one. Seventy-one. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, that like you know how incredible that is, right? Like that's insane. <laughs> it's so fast. Well, and I, from Boston. I just, uh, uh, well, when you've got a good coach, anything's possible, seems like to me. I okay. Mean, I, I've always never thought. I mean, and I wasn't anything special until I hired a coach. I mean, uh, I just just said, I wonder how good I can get. I Probably I should hire a coach. What a stupid waste of money, but I'm going to do it. Yeah. And uh, man, I mean, it just totally changed my life. Uh, uh, I found an ability to run that I had no idea I had. And, that's amazing uh, what now what are all those uh young men around you thinking when you're running sub three and <laughs> kicking all their butt a lot of them look at you and they're like whoa well, i'm sure you inspire uh, yeah. a lot of people well i was hoping to turn a few heads at the in that one where i ran sub three at boston i showed yeah. up late you know i i had to beg the bus driver to let me off i had to run a mile to the start line you no know. way. What? So I actually ran 27.2 miles that day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I still didn't, get, I was in the first, you know, they divided into waves. Yeah. I was in the first wave corral three. And I said, oh man, I can't wait to get in that corral. And everybody was thinking, oh, hey, old guy, you know, back yeah, on the yeah. line. <laughs> but, uh, right. No, they, my way, my, my corral had already started by the time I got there. And so I just ran, ran until I was, you know, with, with runners and 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 kept on going from there. Well, why were you late? What happened? Oh, traffic was awful. Oh, I parked okay. at uh, parked at Hopkinton. Okay. Um, and uh, just got the time wrong. Man, that's super stressful. I've been there when you're rushing mm -hmm. to the start line. Well, uh, let's see. I well, I I did get lost on another trail race once. It was a fifty k. No, it was fifty miler, and. Uh, my brother-in-law was driving me and I said, you know, I don't think this is the right way. <laughs> so we got there about two minutes before the race started. Didn't have a chance to use the porta potty or anything oh, like no. that. So we take off and oh, I'm about eight miles into the race now. I gotta go so bad. I mean, this is terrible. And I'm totally unprepared. And and I'm an atheist, but I was convinced there was a God that morning because all of a sudden, in the middle of the woods, with nothing, no civilization to say, there's this fully functional restroom. No way. Oh. Just in the middle of the woods, just when I needed it. You know, I Never. got down on my hands and knees. And <laughs> it's so funny when we, like, being a runner, like, I notice every restroom facility, like, wherever we go, it's like, I, like, look spot them out porta potties that I see like even if I'm on the highway I'm like oh porta potty like just it's like I'm like trained to like look for bathrooms so funny mm -hmm. oh my gosh okay so 
then all right you did you were the oldest person alive in 2018 to run a sub three hour marathon which is what you talked about was that yeah, the only before. person who had done that before was ed whitlock i should i have to mention him because yeah there was a truly great uh, old runner there he's you know when, if people go say oh man you're the greatest of all time i say oh yeah you know i have i have one world record ed whitlock had 36. so you know just there's just no comparison uh, we we all have i mean we're all there's always somebody better and we're always better than somebody else what you're mm -hmm. doing is in, is definitely incredible so and he is incredible as well um and then all right so so that the first to run sub three hour marathon the oldest person to run i'm sorry oldest person to run a sub three hour marathon in 2018 and then you've won your age category at boston for four consecutive years I won it four straight years i missed it the fifth straight year on the fifth year because i was injured something awful oh i mean i was injured so badly that the week before at london i ran my worst marathon ever five and a half hours mm. and then one week later at boston i improved by two hours i don't know how and Jeez. i ran 330 and lost by 30 seconds what what was the injury oh uh some kind of uh must have been some kind of calf or thigh yeah. injury oh okay all right i forgot some of the energies you know they all just yeah uh, <laughs> merge blend together in, blend into your mind and you won the okay i also want to talk about this you won the 7074 abbott world marathon major age group title in 2022 last year right mm -hmm. and this year you're going to chicago to compete again right right guess what i'm going to be there too Hey. Competing in the party time. Yes, I'm. Uh, I would be competing in the forty to forty-four, but you'll still probably kick my butt. <laughs> well, you know, I I really don't know if my what'll be, you know, training. I'll know by after I get some training in after after Western States coming up. Yes. Yep. Um. Uh, and maybe another two hundred miler, but and uh, the fact that I've aged up will will certainly help, but. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll be able to do decently and maybe, maybe not. Oh, I'm so excited to see that. I'm like, I'm going to be there. Yes. <laughs> that's so mm -hmm. awesome. But speaking of the Western States, because that's what's coming up next, right? That's um, next month. Is it June yet? It's, it's in, June. in uh, four weeks. <laughs> four weeks. And this week, I'm doing a 50 miler up in Ithaca, New York. It's a, a wonderful race. Anybody wants to do a 50K or a 50 mile trail race? The Cayuga Trails 50 is just just so wonderful. The trails are wonderful. The scenery is is amazing. The well-run race. Uh, I go every year, and I I'm a been there, done that kind of guy. You know, I don't repeat yeah. races unless there's a really compelling reason to do it. And uh, but I do that one for the fun of it every every year. Man, you're making me feel lazy. <laughs> well, it's a good. Good training run for Western States. That's okay. coming up in you know three weeks later. So do you pretty much just say stay fit enough so that you can pick up and run a race on any given weekend? Uh, well, I suppose. In fact, I I do run races almost every given weekend. Oh I run thirty goodness. to 40, 40 races a year. Yeah. Wow. So, wow. Uh, All right. So so speaking of the Western States one hundred, we'll talk a little bit about that because you are going there to try to break another record right so well 
this is a new kind of record. Um, okay. Informally, I've kept track of the races where I was the oldest ever finisher. Mm -hmm. But at Western States, that's kind of a big deal. And yep. uh, if I finish under 30 hours, then I'll be the oldest ever finisher by a couple of years. Uh, so that's the, uh, the one goal. Also, the age 70 course record is uh, 28 hours. So that's kind of what I'm going to try and beat. Yeah, I think I, I wrote down the oldest finisher was 73. Yeah, so you you would beat it by a couple of years. That's crazy. What would 40-year-old Gene think of what you're doing right now? <sighs> He'd say, you've had 30 years now to improve your golf game. Why didn't you do that? <laughs> That's what I would have thought. Is, uh, stop running, work on your golf. Um, <laughs> Well, you know, the funny thing is back then, you know, every time I tried to run long, I I may have gotten to 20 miles and couldn't do it. So 40-year-old me would have said, no, that's, you know, you know, you're kidding because it's not possible for me. I've tried to run 20 miles and I can't do it. How am I going to do it? You know, how am I going to run, you know, marathons or 100 milers or 200 milers? I mean, it's just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have believed it. Yeah, or not even that, but be breaking all these records at, you know, no, this yeah, point. Right. I mean, to think about that. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't set out to break records. I just set out to have fun. And uh, yeah, records are motivation. But uh, so I, you know, there's a, maybe it's a subtle difference, but I try and break records to satisfy a goal, but not to be the record holder, you know. It's just funny sometimes to think about like even younger, even younger you to to think about you, you know, I know when we're young, we don't really always think ahead, you know, too far in life, but younger you to think about, gosh, at 70, I'm going to be running ultra marathons and breaking all these world records. And that's just, I don't know, to me, it just like blows my mind to think about like what like our, our past well, selves would think about what we're doing now. Well, first, I'd have to get over the hurdle of coming to grips with the fact that I would be 70 at some point. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's true. If you weren't doing this, what do you think you would be doing if you weren't running, if you hadn't gotten into running? Oh, uh, swearing at a golf ball, I guess. <laughs> so cool. Okay. Yep. I mean, yep. I'm, I'm starting to do a little a little more. i getting out two or three times a month instead of once a month. So uh, still saying once a golfer, it. always a golfer, I think. <laughs> okay. If Is the reason that you keep running now different than the reason that you started running i guess i mean it's impossible not to try and you know fulfill expectations others have set for you i i you know i try to ignore that but yeah you know it's sort of like uh the reason having a coach is wonderful not only does he know how to set the right workouts but it's the accountability and mm -hmm. if he sets me a workout there is no way I'm not I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to say, oh, well, I'll skip today's workout or I'll start the workout. Oh, I can't do this. I'm going to dog it. I'd rather die than tell my coach I couldn't do his workout. And so <laughs> it's sort of the same thing. Now, you know, people expect me to break every record by 10 hours. <laughs> uh, you know, I, it's, you know, they set these expectations and I hate to hate to let them down just like mm -hmm. I hate to let my coach down. Does but, that now does that cause anxiety before racing? No. Do you get those race nerves? No. No, never. Okay. Wow. I never get worried before a race. You know, I get up, go through my routine, gun goes off, 
and mild manner gene disappears and <laughs> this running machine takes over. So uh, ultra geezer, your alter ego. No, in particular, when I was in really top shape back when I was in seventy, I not only you know had all the confidence that I would do well, I could tell everybody within five seconds where I would be, you know, at where they were going to cheer me on or at the finish. I always knew exactly what I what I could do. Now it's a little more nebulous. I don't know what I can do uh, because uh, of my condition. And am I biting off too much? You know, maybe I can't do this. You know, that gets a little niggling, but I don't know. I'm never nervous before a race. Now, cold before a race sometimes. <laughs> that's really, that's the worst thing about running is taking off all your warm weather, all your gear. And it's only 37 degrees out, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's really terrible. Is there anything else that you can think of that you do other than running that you do better than other people your age? Well, funny thing is, uh, I wish I could, say, wish I could say I golf better than other people <laughs> my age, but you know, I probably do. But and that, uh, I certainly wouldn't be in the top five hundred in the world. That's for sure. I think if I could find people I enjoyed bowling with, I think I could still be, uh, you know, average like two fifteen, two twenty, or something, and. Uh, that's that's hypothetical, I guess. <laughs> okay. I uh, I cook well. I garden well. Certainly, I'm a world class napper now. <laughs> <laughs> you have a pretty decent sense of humor too. <laughs> uh, well, I got to work on my dad jokes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that there's much help for them. <laughs> All right. Well, I appreciate your time today. I always ask guests to leave us with one final thought, either a favorite quote or, you know, to finish the sentence, why running helps. So can you leave us with anything? Well, I, I guess I want to uh, say that for people who haven't run, there's just, you know, a whole lot of ways to enjoy running. And for the people who do run, start investigating those parts of running you haven't tried before, because really it's, uh, it's still just running. And all you're doing is experiencing it in a different way. If you want to get into ultras, you got time to travel a little bit. There's nothing better than a stage race. I mean, stage races are amazing. You see, you know, great country and, you know, you're, you're, you're finding out that you can run more in a week than you thought possible. Yeah, it's just wonderful. So track, roads, trails, cross country, make sure you do it all. You know, uh, short races against distance, races against time. Races, running with friends, running with headphones. You know, it's it's all oh, yeah. it's all wonderful. There are so, so many ways to enjoy running. Yep. Just always each year or each week or each month or whatever time frame you look at, try and do one or more of three things. Run a little faster, a little further, or a little faster. Or or, uh, or more often. Faster, further, more often. Those are the three things. If you can just improve each one just a little bit, uh yeah, the world uh, has no limit. I love that. <laughs> All right. And so if people want to support you, follow you, learn more about you, what's the best way to do that? Oh, uh, well, I'm easy to find on Facebook. I occasionally send something out on Instagram. And I have a ghostwriter putting out tweets. But um, <laughs> uh, I keep my, if you ever wonder, what races am I doing? Well, I have a, I have a website, ultrageezer.com. So perfect. And uh, there you can find out who my coach is. You can find out my race schedule, what records I have. I hope to put a whole bunch of 
you know, articles in there. And I've written 20 or so for another website and I've got to get those on that site too. So, uh, you know, whatever words of wisdom I have might, might show up there too someday. We'll certainly be looking out for them. And we are cheering you on, uh, wishing you all the best. And I hope to see you in Chicago. I know. Now I've got something to really look forward to. Uh, <laughs> It's uh, there are going to be a lot of a lot of people I know there, and uh, so we'll have to make plans to get together. Absolutely, I'm really thankful to be connected, and I wish you the best of luck um, in a couple weeks at Western States. Okay, thank you very much. All right, I enjoyed thanks. it. All right, mm -hmm. great. Have a great day. Enjoy your gardening. Bye now. That brings us to the end of this episode. Thanks to Jean Dykes for joining us. Check out this week's show notes for information on how to connect with him. Please remember to rate and review this show on Apple Podcast and follow me on Instagram at Nikki Tambrino and Maybe Running Will Help for all the latest content. Until then, this is Nikki Tambrino. Don't forget to keep running, keep inspiring, and keep sharing how Maybe Running Will Help. Have a great run, everybody. Jap, you can't ignore it. I'm transforming now. These cars and planes, I'm always boarding. Just out touring down in Charlotte, like I play for Hornets. When I'm performing, never boring. Now you can't afford it. Champagne Perrier, finished friends on my face. Looking like I'm from the D. D's no Cartier's. Pockets deep, 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 bro. I can make it in my seat, bro. Do you and do me, bro? Overseas then, we gon' go, go, go Whoa, whoa, I press the button and